The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms We're America, your family, the land of liberty We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free We are America, and we truly do believe You're the backbone of our nation, thanks to you we're living free We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue We're America, your country, and America wants you It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition. Your hosts are Gary Ray and Ted Griffin, Jr. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here are your hosts, Gary and Ted. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the American Heroes Network. My name is Gary Ray, and along with me this morning, we have Linda Crater as the co-host. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Gary. How are you this morning? Good, good. Uh, I think you were telling me that early this morning you are out making snowmen. Uh, I made the snowman <laughs> yesterday after I cleared my driveway, but it's a Maryland snow, so it's mostly gone today. Thank you for asking. <laughs> no problem. And again, if you have any questions, uh, why don't you give us a call and uh, either aim it at uh, Linda or, or Sally. And uh, our number is 866-472-5787. Again, that's 866 472 5787. You know, this mini-series is number three, and it's about the caregiver. The job of caregiver is one of the most complex and challenging roles anyone will undertake. This, there is no how-to manual that can really coach people on what it takes to keep a loved one safe and well once they get a serious medical problem. Whether you have a loved one living with you full-time or you manage them from as far away as 3,000 miles, chances are you'll be called at some point to act as that person's advocate. So along with responsibilities that many of more than 35 million caregivers in this country face on a daily basis, such as feeding, cooking, bathing, or overseeing hired help, you will also need to be the voice of that person. Today we have Sally Blair with us. She is known as one of the most resourceful and resilient caregivers out there. Her husband has invisible injuries that surfaced, which include moderate severe PTSD and TBI. She has worked as her husband's full-time caregiver and advocate. 
With each new experience, she works to help other caregivers with everyday trials and challenges. Currently living in Dalton, Georgia with her husband, Daniel, and their two dogs. Another group of individuals that are true American heroes. Welcome, Sally. Thank you. All right. So, Sally, tell us a little bit, uh, uh, you know, being, being resourceful, as I heard through, uh, from many people, um, why don't you explain that a little bit? Well, basically it is, I do my best to identify what my husband Dan needs, and I do my best to fill that gap and keep him as independent as possible, that with his PTSD and TBI, one of the biggest challenges is he's incredibly forgetful to the point of where he will have to be reminded of something every 15 minutes. So it's it's a, a new challenge for me big time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Again, you know, that I, is that is that right, uh, Linda, as far as 35 million caregivers in this country? That is the statistic that I have seen. And, you know, the very uh, service member or veteran caregivers is supposedly at around uh, 64 million. So it's a large wow. percentage of people trying to care for their loved ones. One of the reasons we asked Sally to come on today is because she does have some very practical means of managing, living, and um, making the most out of their lives despite the invisible injuries, and that's what we will talk about today, but she is a very resourceful caregiver and um, really doesn't let anything stand in her way. Life has changed, but life can go on with a couple of alterations, we'll call them accommodations, and Sally can speak more to that as we get into the show today. Mm-hmm. You know, um I guess they are another another uh, phase or category of our true American heroes because again, it's these are the stories uh, like this that uh, that boggle your mind because uh, you know you you see the you see the visible injuries you see and now you're aware of the invisible injuries but you know it's the caregivers it's all about the caregivers. Well, they're the know? backbone of the family, yeah, Gary. They, and they sure are. Sally will tell you. You really do need to make um, a conscious effort to learn as much as you can about their conditions and what you can do to creatively fill the gap. Sally, maybe you can explain some of your day-to-day things that you do that have been adapted uh, since Dan's injuries uh, began to manifest themselves more. The main thing that we have at our house is a bulletin board system that right now, I have four different bulletin boards in the living room and each serves a different purpose that we have right near the door, a small board that is for things that have to be taken care of that day, whether it be bills, phone calls to doctors, other appointments. So he can see, all right, I want to make this phone call. This is what it is about. I have to take care of that at this time. And he keeps a clock right there so he can keep up with it. Then to the left of that, we have our 30-day calendar, which is absolutely everything from appointments to church functions to birthdays. And each thing has its own color. That way it's easy to just glance over and see, oh, it's my mom's birthday. I better not forget that. Or I need to bring my medication to this appointment just by a color alone. 
then to the right is the how to describe it. It's more of the goals for the week. That one pile is things he'd like to get taken care of this week, which is sometimes he wants to play a new game or read a book or he wants to get through so many pages in a math booklet that he's working on to try to get some of his math skills back. And then the further right is things that are future goals, whether it be build something together or play a board game or try something new. And then the last one, which has oddly become the most useful, is a sheet that I keep in the kitchen, which is pretty much any food that we have in the house at that time, it's on that list. So he can go in, look at the list, and fix himself a snack without having to say, hey, I'm hungry. Where do you keep this? Where do you keep that? Because even if he puts the groceries away with me, he might not necessarily remember, oh, 10 minutes from now. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's... Again, uh, if you have questions, call 866-472-5787. And if you're too shy to talk, you can always uh, contact uh, Sally or uh, Linda through uh, veteranscaregiver.com. What Sally is describing is probably very familiar to other people because these are the things that you don't realize that you lose the facility for. Sally, talk about um, the new game that was bought last night and what that means for today. Oh, goodness. Well, last (laughs) night was a big midnight release for a video game he has been waiting and saving up for for months that instead of the instant gratification of just walking in, placing all the money down, that I've encouraged him to pay off a little bit at a time. That way, it's money managing skills delayed gratification and also he has to work for something that um but last night he and a dear friend decided that they wanted to go in the crowd for the midnight release so with that that system is usually dan will um keep his phone on him and text me throughout just to say hey this is what's going on i don't like this noise or that and then his a friend of mine, he keeps uh, a list of all of his doctors just in case there's a, an emergency. And, well, they got home at almost 1 in the morning with a brand-new video game, which means I didn't get to sleep till 3.30. <laughs> so it's right now he is happy as can be and will sadly probably be napping most of the day. But... That's how things sort of go around here now, that you never know what each day will bring, and you just roll with it. Well, you know, Sally, you're being extremely positive about all of this, which also has a way of creating a good outcome for your husband. Mm-hmm. On the days where it's not quite so sunny and bright, are there ways that you um, use that, that kind of shift the mood um, so that Perhaps on a day where everyone's tired and cranky, nobody wants to look at the board, um, what are some of your tricks and tips for a day that needs a turnaround? Well, when he is, when he is needing a big turnaround, that the thing that sort of keeps things fresh and not, not to get down in the dumps is to celebrate the small things. 
that, and one of the things that at our house that is a tradition is we always keep a, a fizzy apple juice on hand. And if he gets something on his board, it's we open up fizzy apple juice and have a special dinner together. And on days that he's really resistant, I don't push it. That I can only encourage and help as much as he's willing to try. And I don't, I don't beat myself up over it. Excellent advice. Excellent. Because pushing a rope uphill is seldom efficient. (laughs) Oh, no. And it's that I would rather keep my relationship as my, with my husband before I would rather be the perfect caregiver that I, I try my best to keep that friendship there. That even though he is very dependent on me for so much, he's still my husband that it's not. I, I, understandable. understandable. That, you're, you're saying a lot in that, in that one sentence because you're, you're doing a lot to promote his independence which is so incredibly important as he progresses. Um, I believe you also have two dogs as well that are being trained as service dogs or companion dogs or both. How is that helping you? Well, right now it is just the Labrador that her name is Cammie, and we adopted her right, right when everything sort of just fell apart, so to speak, that he hadn't left the house in, oh goodness, almost three weeks. And so it was a gorgeous day outside. And he said, okay, I think I want to go, I think I want to get out of the house. And as bad as things were, that meant I hadn't gotten to leave the house for, oh, almost that long. But we arrive at the grocery store and there are all these puppies that it's just a sign free to a good home. Well, we get there and he picks up this little black puppy and all less than five minutes later, here comes two fire trucks, an ambulance, a couple of police cars, sirens blaring, just speeding down the road. And if you're familiar with PTSD, sirens are often a pretty common trigger. Well, all of the dogs started howling, but here's this little puppy that he has and she's not howling at all. She's just smiling and happy for the attention. <laughs> so she came home with us. And that has given him a sense of responsibility that he has to take care of her. He has to take her outside. And over time, the two of them have sort of learned to feed off of each other's cues. And if he does get lost in the neighborhood, she knows how to get home. If something scares him, she will jump up in his lap and put her paws on his chest so he'll stay still and not run off or hide or anything like that and she has she has been a good part of the team that uh, this spring we're planning on working with a, a local organization that helps veterans train their own dogs as either agility dogs or sometimes even service animals so i'm really looking forward to that that's now, Sally, yeah, Sally, uh, uh, being an advocate uh, uh, for Daniel, uh, give us some examples that the problems you ran across and maybe someone that did help or how uh, that same situation can help our listeners in that, you know, in that same predicament. 
I'm, do you mind rephrasing? I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. You know, being an advocate for your husband, uh, was there is there anything you can um, uh, give us information on, and as far as uh, what specifically uh, did you go for and uh, fight for? Well, one of the biggest things that has helped us is get everything in writing. That while someone may say that this is how something is supposed to go, make sure to have it in writing. That way, if something doesn't go as planned or as needed, you can go back and say, well, this email from you from this date, well, here you go. You say right here that, why, yes, he does qualify for cognitive therapy. Or you said that if it took this long, you would schedule him for a much needed mental health appointment that a lot of caregivers uh, keep keep up with the writing. Mm-hmm. That Now, you mentioned to me yesterday that uh, you're one of those people that have to drive quite a distance to your, uh, to your VA. Is that right? Oh, yes. Right now, it, well, it's a less drive right now that it's an hour and a half one way to two hours that we live up in North Georgia and drive to the Atlanta VA system. That uh, so far, though, it is well worth the drive that it's, uh, well, Monday and Friday, that it's uh, therapy on Friday and then uh, cognitive therapy on Monday. So we are on the road quite a bit. How far is that VA from you? Um, about two hours. Two hours. Yeah. That's, that's a drive. That's like uh, when I used it, I had to go up to Gainesville at one time from Orlando and Okay. That's, the, that's, that's a drive, and now well, they, they change the system a little bit now. Well, right now, the, the vision that we're assigned to, that the VA we should be going to, is over two and a half hours away, and sometimes that can be three, three and a half. So this hour and a half drive seems to be a, a refreshing, a quick trip now. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, um, <laughs> one of the things that, um, to try to keep me from, oh, entertained on on the road is I definitely keep podcast and a different playlist on my phone that used to I would just sit there and try to chat or keep Dan awake and it's saying no car trips nap time it'll be okay that let's avoid the triggers of tall tall buildings and I'll enjoy the trip by myself mm-hmm. well you know that's that's uh, you're taking a lot of responsibility and you're being very successful at it. Uh, again, if uh, anybody uh, has any questions that want to aim towards Sally and are too shy to come on the radio, be sure to uh, contact her through VeteransCaregiver.com. Um, and uh, also, uh, if you do want to talk on the radio, the number is eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven. So. All right, Sally. Tell us when when that first uh, occurred. You know, when when he came back, where was he in Afghanistan or yes, Afghanistan? Mm-hmm. Uh, how long before uh, after he came back that uh, uh, you realized that uh, uh, he had the PTSD and the TBI? Oh, it would have probably been in the first three months. First three months. Everyone around him knew something wasn't right, mm-hmm. but when you care about someone. You don't always want to admit that. Oh, that's true. So it took over a year and a half of him being home for him to finally seek treatment. 
that um, I, I'm a Georgia girl, and he was stationed all the way in Texas, so I didn't get to see him that much. But uh, luckily, one of his Army brothers stepped up and encouraged him to seek treatment. That um, Now, the traumatic brain injury, that didn't show up till almost two years till he was home. That it was little bit by little bit, things just started to degenerate almost. That uh, he used to be a pretty good computer programmer. And right now he has math skills that are maybe at a second grade level. And none of us realized it because I, he was so, so handy, so smart, so resourceful that if coding, a coding he plugged in didn't quite work, oh well, that's just a fluke. So it, it was a very difficult thing to recognize and accept. Sally also explained how you knew that there was a problem with a TBI in terms of his walking and a gait and, and all of those sorts of things. And your your comment about being an assisted sensitive <laughs> device. Nice. Yes. The I am the human adaptive device, I feel, some days. That uh, it was that was one of the first signs. It's that he started tripping that he would be walking on a flat surface with good sturdy shoes and out of nowhere he would fall. And so over time it just got progressively worse that right now he is at about 15 falls a month. And he, and it's just, it's very hard for me to watch that. Unfortunately, it's been hard to get him a, care for that because you can't necessarily see the brain injury that terms like malingering get thrown at him constantly because here he is 25 years old and he can hardly walk down a hall without tripping some days so um but in my gut i knew something wasn't right that is not characteristic for him he his posturing changed it just, it was a huge shift on how he moved. Hmm. Which brings now, up again, keeping records. And, yes. And, and we talked at one point about it's a hard thing to take a picture of your husband on the ground. But if that's the only way you can make someone believe you and show the record of what's going on, it's an effective way. A picture is mm -hmm. worth a thousand words. Mm -hmm. Now, have, Sally, have you ever heard of the Network of Care? I have not. Okay. It's, it's a new system that um, uh, started. Uh, actually, uh, one of the people that are coming on uh, this second half uh, was involved in, in uh, getting this thing started. It's, I'm not sure without looking at it if it's available uh, by, you know, in uh, Georgia, but it's based on state, and then it goes to each county. Uh, and what they're actually doing for our vets is they are providing you lists of uh, every conceivable type of doctor out there that will work on a, base, a fee basis uh, through the VA, uh, which is uh, gonna, it's tremendous uh, help for uh, the states that it's already in. But it's, I think it's in about 16, 17 states now and growing. It's growing rapidly, believe me. Uh, but once it's approved by the state, each county opens up. Uh, its own website, 
and lists all the uh, uh, doctors that are willing to, you know, uh, work with the VA on a, a fee basis um, uh, platform. That is great. Yeah, that, that, that in would, Maryland. Yes, you do. That's mm-hmm. yeah. That's uh, that's where uh, um, Bill is, and and of course uh, we all know Charles. <laughs> but it's something that. Uh, uh, you can check it out uh, again by just going to uh, the network of care.org and and uh, it does have just tons of information in fact they have a library that if you put uh, uh, let's give an example you put in the search PTSD uh, it will pull up thousands of articles about it uh, any type of uh, illness um, injury whatever it might be it's located in that system it's and it's in something like 50 languages it's phenomenal (laughs) but check it out and uh, you know you never know you might help later on oh thank you I will definitely be checking that out Mm -hmm. that I always like to add new information oh yes definitely so what's your next step Sally well right now we are getting ready for a move oh you're moving yes not out out of Georgia (laughs) Well, just over the line to Tennessee. All right. That, so I received a home through Operation Homefront. So that is big excitement around here that Danny and I are both looking forward to it. So uh, with his care, though, it's, he is starting next week a, a program through the VA system called Skills for School. And what the goal is there is to help him become more confident in well, in in an academic setting, and also to help set up an individualized educational program with the college, so he can get through school with whatever needed. So I am looking so forward to that because getting him back into school, I think, would be a big boost to well, both of us. Wow, is that going to put you closer to a VA? Um, no, that we'll still be going to the Atlanta VA. That as good as his care is there, I would hate to derail that in any way. Yeah. Oh, boy. That um, with, with PTSD, consistency is a, a big thing. That uh, keeping, keeping with the routine, keeping with familiar faces, and a familiar environment helps him tremendously. You're going to be around the uh, Blue Ridge, uh, uh, Georgia area. Yes, that's right on the other side. Uh, you know, just over, almost over the line. I stayed in a, I, I, I rented a log cabin out there, and I'll tell you, that's a beautiful area. Uh, and uh, you know, they have a lot of uh, things to do there, a lot of things to keep busy. Oh yes, <laughs> I, I love. I honestly, I love being in this area, and it's. We are fortunate to have such a great support community that I, right now, I can't picture leaving. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we are going to take a short break. Uh, and again, we would like to thank Sally Blair for taking the time out of her busy schedule to be with us today. Sally, is there anything you'd like to say before we take a break? Well, just thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it. And I hope that if anyone has any questions, that they'll feel, feel free to ask. Right, exactly. Well, Bill Forbes will be with us when we come back. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join your hosts Gary Ray and Ted Griffin Jr. as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Uh, just a reminder, we have gone mobile, so be sure to check us out. Uh, that's all you have to put in your mobile phone is hero, H-E-R-O dot U-B one dot co uh this afternoon we have uh wilbur b ford senior former deputy secretary for the maryland department of veterans affairs uh and bill you're going to be talking to us about the 12th world congress i think you better start off you know i don't know if i'm just don't know anything about this but what is the world congress well the (laughs) world congress is a meeting that uh, the International Critical Incident uh, Stress Foundation conducts every two years uh, um, along with the uh, members who are from around the world. In this particular Congress that was uh, held February 19th through 24th, uh, we had about uh, 17 countries from around the world that, uh, that, uh, that participated with us. I think if uh, I give you a little background on the uh, ICISF, uh, I'll use the the acronym there uh, because of the longness of the title. Uh, this organization uh, got started back in 1989 by two gentlemen, uh, Drs. Jeffrey T. Mitchell and Dr. George S. Everly, uh, because uh, the uh, the concern of uh, stress. Uh, intervention and management and being able to develop uh, some courses of actions to deal with uh, uh, such instances of uh, stress in the workplace, uh, such as uh, violence and, and, and families and terrorism and traumatic stress as a result of serving in the military. The organization has uh, 6,000 members. 
Uh, and as I said, it's uh, from uh, around the world. And wow. um, these are basically administrators, business and industry professionals, disaster response personnel, uh, healthcare professionals, mental health professionals, and military uh, personnel, just to, uh, um, to to name a few. So uh, that gives you a little background in terms of how this organization got started, what its mission is, and of course, as I said, the uh, the twelfth World Congress was held uh, February nineteenth through twenty fourth, with the uh, the emphasis being on navigating the next era of crisis and disaster response. So that, that covers just about everything. Well, absolutely. And, and, Gary, what I think is important since, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the American uh, Heroes Network is uh, so dedicated to uh, veterans and even active duty military, if you, if you take uh, two of the, uh, the, uh, the, the letters, uh, or maybe three of them, critical incident and stress, uh, uh, you know, uh, at the, um, uh, the, uh, the Congress, there was a review of some of these uh, major incidents that's happened around the world. It will probably recall the, the Japanese earthquake, uh, the Indiana State Fair stage collapse. I think we probably remember that. Uh, the uh, Slave Lake wildfire disaster, that was in Canada in 2011, and the Deepwater Horizon oil rig disaster. Well, uh, and, and, and the, uh, the foundation has come to the conclusion that war in any combat-type action that takes place is a critical incident, and our responders to that who are men and women who serve this great country, uh, uh, with their exposure to that, the possibility and actuality that they will be exposed to stress during the performance of their mission and then the lasting effects when they return to uh, home and, uh, and community. So the idea here is that, to, to, that, that this foundation now wants to get involved in, in making a greater uh, amount of awareness to our communities across the country and even the world that uh, how this impacts upon those men and women who serve the country. Wow. Now, when you go to these meetings, I mean, do they talk about, uh, of course, you can't talk about a solution, uh, you know, a downright solution, but uh, I guess it's a way to uh, uh, let people know, uh, I mean, alert them. Is, is that also oh, included? Oh, oh absolutely. And, and more specifically, some of those, and, and, and I'll just name some of the topic areas that they were listed uh, in the in the program. And by the way, for our listeners, uh, they can certainly go to the website, which is www.icisf.org, and uh, and they can get more uh, information. But 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 some of those uh, areas that were covered that directly relates to the military and, and veterans, uh, one was the bulletproof mine, helping the combat veteran in crisis, uh, ethics-based leadership, death notification, and post-traumatic growth. So uh, that, that's, that's a, a sampling of some of the, the different 
uh, uh, topic areas that they will present us, uh, you know, throughout the, uh, the Congress, talking about what's going on, making presentations. And there was an opportunity for interaction with the, uh, the, those that were in attendance. Okay. Okay, that's that's um, yeah, but seventeen countries were involved in this, correct? A- absolutely, we had seventeen countries uh, present from around the world, uh, and again, the, the the Congress was held in in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. I guess this is a face to face type meeting, isn't it? Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's not a, it's not a uh, Skype thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's a touchy feely. We're there in the flesh. And, uh, and, 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 and that's good because also, you know, from these different sessions, uh, you know, the interest is developed so that when we have breaks and moving to, uh, one session to the next, you know, people get a chance, I mean, to, to one-on-one, maybe one-on-three or whatever it is to, to discuss further in depth of what their personal experiences have been and how, you know, uh, they've been able to operate. So it's, uh, it's, it's very good there so that, uh, you know, we're right down to the participating, participating members. They get a chance to have discussions among themselves. Wow. Now you got to meet a lot of people, uh, from around the world when you were there, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there were folks there from, uh, to the north, uh, Canada. We had a lot of, uh, uh, folks there from, uh, from Europe, France and England and Germany. Uh, and even uh, from the uh, from the uh, uh, Orient, we had uh, uh, folks there from China and uh, uh, Korea and uh, and Japan. Well, that's something else. Uh, again, uh, could you give us that website again, uh, Bill? Uh, the website again is www.icisf.org. Org. Couldn't you imagine if they spell it all out, huh? <laughs> oh, 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 absolutely. You, you, you'd be for, for, forever trying to get through on that. So thank God they reduced it down to the initials for each one of the, the, the letter, words that's represented. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Now, how often? You said every two years this uh, every, Congress? Yeah, yes, every two years. So, you know, we just finished this uh uh, last month, and we're now in preparation. Uh, you know, the preparation will be be slow, but uh, uh, we'll we'll reach a point where we'll accelerate to make sure at uh, by 2015, I guess it is two years from now, we will uh, we will have the uh, 13th uh, World Congress of the ICISF. Right. Now, can anybody be involved in this? Oh, absolutely, and, and, and primarily, you know, uh, it's uh, it's directed towards the first responders in police departments, fire departments, rescue teams, and uh, you know some of the individuals that I just uh, uh, mentioned. I mean, uh, uh, business industry, disaster response personnel, educational professionals. Uh, healthcare professionals, mental health professionals, uh, they're all uh, welcome to join the organization. Well, that's great. That's great. And that's all I have to do is go to the website and... and uh, it, it's there. It's, uh, it's user-friendly, and you can uh, begin to start that application for membership uh, right on the website. And also, if you wish to have... Uh, regular announcements or updates and information about the foundation. Uh, you can uh, sign up for that, 
and uh, and then you will be on the uh, foundations list, and you'll get regular uh, uh, emails about what's going on in the foundation. All right, Linda, you're back with us. Yes, hello. <laughs> hello. Linda, that's Linda Crater uh, again. That uh, she she's on her way to a meeting, and uh, uh, she is helping us out today. Uh, she's actually the co-host today, Bill. Oh well, great. Uh, my my pleasure to to be with you. And uh, I, as I said, I heard the the last portion of your presentation, and uh, I could uh, you know uh, connect with that. Uh, uh, myself with the kinds of things that I do in my outreach and advocacy work with uh, with veterans. Absolutely, Bill. I mean, you and I have been at many meetings where we're talking about the same things, and it seems as though there's never enough exposure. And so it's quite a privilege that we're given this opportunity to share this information that is so needed. It's not only the public that needs to know. I think sometimes it's the leadership within the military and those who are taking care of them who also need to know because there is often a disconnect. So as long as we can be the bridge, we're doing everything. You're absolutely correct about that particular group, Linda, and also uh, just to add to your your list that I think that's that's very, very important is the families of the men and women who serve this country uh, who become, uh, uh, you know, beset with these kinds of uh, uh, scars of war, if we'll call it. So, you know, uh, many of them are, are visible, and, and then there's quite a few of them that are not visible. And uh, the families are very important from the standpoint of their caregiving roles and in some occasions having to speak up for the veteran uh, because I'm a Vietnam veteran, and I can tell you my uh, my war era group uh, have not been very conversant about some of the <laughs> kinds of things that they have been exposed to, and I can assure you that's the same thing with those folks who served in the Gulf, Iraq, and Afghanistan also. So family members, they have made sacrifices while we served. No question. And it's also the families who are often the first to observe the changes. In this set of wars, what we're finding are the caregivers are often the ones that encourage their veterans or service members to seek care because they notice something is different. In your era, I think it was much quieter. And yet, the Vietnam vets, the Gulf War vets, Desert Storm, etc., they are being incredibly supportive of this younger group of vets and what they've gone through. It's quite a camaraderie, and the battle buddies seem to stem across all eras and conflicts, and that's a gift. Thank you. Well, uh, Linda, I can certainly echo that because we have one common thing that's running through from Vietnam right up until now with uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, our inability uh, when we return to uh, properly reintegrate with family and community after serving uh, on the battlefield in, in, uh, in, in combat. Uh, you know, we, we, we've gone through depression and all of those kinds of mental concerns where, you know, uh, our suicide rates were high for, uh, for Vietnam. They continue to be high now. And as a matter of fact, in the most recent issue 
of the uh, the disabled American uh, uh, veterans um, uh, uh, national magazine. Uh, they mentioned the uh, the new bill that's called the Defense uh, Authorization Act now, which places uh, upon uh, the uh, the Defense Department to uh, to get more involved in training and at the same time diagnosing the situation with those uh, men and women who served in Iraq and Afghanistan to look at those problems. Uh, can you imagine the suicide rate for 2012 is, is exceeded now among those individuals higher than it was in, in 2011. Oh, you're you're absolutely right about that. But once again, you bring in the family members. They are part of a big safety net that makes sure that they notice the differences. I think they support each other very, very well as well. I know that peer networks such as Veteran Caregivers, to name one, uh, the De-Stress Line, there are many others. That's for vets, uh, Warriors to Vets. They are there so that people recognize there's a place to go to that might fit them and have battle buddies that can gain uh, help. You heard Sally say that her husband was encouraged by a friend of his to yeah. finally seek help. And yeah. sometimes that's what it takes. It's someone from the outside who says, hey, man, you're not the same. You need to do this for your family. Yeah. And that, that information piece, Linda, is so important because, uh, you know, my partner, Bob Sharps, uh, in our organization, we say that uh, the greatest void in the veteran community is a lack of information, how to navigate the process. Right. So many challenges that are there. You know, most of our, our, our serving members who are now in veteran status uh, are not from the urban areas. They're from the remote and, and rural areas. Right. Uh, separated away from the services that the VA has to offer us. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame in a lot of cases that we're, uh, some of our folks live, it, it, they have to spend almost an entire day uh, in transportation to get to a VA facility, whether it be a medical center or if it's a, uh, a community-based outpatient clinic, uh, for a 15 or 20-minute uh, 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 appointment. Uh, You're you know, absolutely so right. And what they are trying to do to bridge some of that is to provide telehealth options. Unfortunately, those are not available in all locations because, as yeah. you say, there are so many people located outside of 60 miles from a VA center or a vet, uh, medical center that it is a significant problem. But yeah, they're right. trying. They're trying. It's a large bureaucratic system, so it moves slowly. But do ask if you're in the listening audience and you cannot receive care because it's so far away, do ask for telehealth options because they are available and the more you press and are persistent, the more it's possible that it may be added to your medical facility. Right. You know, Bill, I was telling uh, uh, Sally and uh, Linda about uh, the network of care um, and uh, how the, it, it is, you know, in the uh, what is it in fifteen or sixteen states now? But right, yeah. uh, it's something that's badly needed. I mean, uh, especially reading over some of the information about the vets, uh, how it can help the vets because it deals with uh, the fee-based uh, uh, providers. And uh, hopefully, uh, uh, this is going to help um, our our veterans. Uh, you know, once it's approved and, and uh, made for their state that or their and their county, that they can use this. Well, you're absolutely correct, 
Gary, and, I, and I'm hoping real soon, just as uh, last week, as you know, we had a a uh, video uh, uh, demonstration of that. If we can just get, uh, probably not to that magnitude, but uh, a discussion, a general discussion about the uh, network of care by Bruce Bronson, who's the president, mm-hmm. and Chris Radsky, uh, to, to bring that bit of information to those folks that are out in the veteran communities. And even if it's not in their state, they can see what's in other areas, and maybe that will create somewhat of a groundswell that uh, they begin to say, well, you know, why does this state, why does this local community have this and we don't have it, and how important it is? Yes. Uh, One thing you also uh, bring to mind is that so many of the state veteran departments don't even know where their vets are located. So it's helping to draw together those who are seeking care because so often vets, especially Guard and Reserve, just, go back into their private lives knowing they need help, but they, they aren't visible. Um, and they don't, they're, they're a humble bunch. They generally do not go around talking about their care. So it's very important that we have each of these state and local governments aware of what is available and Network of Care and several of these other programs that are in the state uh, Department of Veteran Affairs, not the federal, the state ones, Yes. really provide the local community care that is so essential. Well, I, I follow you every step of the way because, in, 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 in Gary, given my introduction again, as you know, I served as the Deputy Secretary for Veterans Affairs for the state of Maryland. So uh, I've had the opportunity to uh, visit and meet with uh, colleagues all across the, the country and all the states. Uh, there's an organization that's called the National Association of State Directors of Veterans mm-hmm. Affairs. And, right. uh, you know, uh, uh, one of the things that they're hamstring with right now is uh, is money. Uh, the, the budgets are so that uh, things that they'd like to be doing, and they know that these things are necessary uh, uh, because of the uh, constraints of, uh, of funding, that creates a problem. But but I, I say the, the the business of taking care of our veterans and their families is is, is everybody's uh, responsibility. If we can get communities to come together, if we can get corporate sponsorships, whatever it takes because uh, there's something good about getting our men and women back to some semblance of order. They're well-trained, and they can continue to serve in their own local communities. Amen. That's right. Boy, I'll tell you, Bill, you you just happen to know a heck of a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) But you're providing the good services. I mean, some of these, you know, everything you've mentioned, uh, uh, you know, since I've met you, uh, you were always involved in one way or another helping our veterans, yeah. uh, and and I think that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, you you are a true American hero, there, Bill. <laughs> well, we, we 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 try, and uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I guess maybe I need a little bit more self evaluation to see where I can improve. But you know, I know that there's a lot of things out there, Gary, that uh, needs attention. That it's it's not receiving the attention, and that we've we've just got to continue to talk about that. And hopefully, you know, I I, I really believe in this day and time that nobody really wants to turn a veteran down if they can help. In some of those areas where I mentioned where they can help, 
I think if uh, if we continue to pursue this, we'll get their attention, and they'll come on board and be supportive of us. I agree. That is very true. Now, Bill, uh, I remember just last week you introduced me to a couple other people also that uh, are helping vets with, uh, uh, I guess they have uh, facilities that will take in homeless and disabled. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, here in Maryland, uh, I introduce you to uh, Jerry Black, who uh, uh, heads up a, uh, a veteran service facility on the eastern shore of Maryland. And, uh uh, it's a 14-bed uh, emergency shelter facility, and uh, you know the, the 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 beds are always occupied. We've got uh, the the need there in that particular location of the uh, of the state. Uh, we we could have more beds, but you know we we do what we can based upon uh, you know the availability of, of funding and what have you. And and, and as uh, Jerry explained to you. We're prepared. We've got the facility space to deal with women and children. That's a very neglected, uh, strongly neglected area in uh, in our veteran community and population. So we want to be able to get to that. And the other uh, uh, person that I, uh, uh, in the operation I mentioned to you was the Stand Down House in West Palm Beach, Florida, which is not too far from you, and the, the magnificent job that Ward right. Forster and his group has been doing at that particular location. No, some phenomenal people. You know, we have probably about oh, about two and a half minutes left, and our show is coming to a close. And I'd like to thank Sally Blair for our first half hour, and uh, she was fabulous. And she, I'll tell you, that's she's got a tough job, but she's succeeding at it. Now, also, uh, Bill, you have any closing words? Well, I, I, I would say, uh, you know, we continue to try to get information out uh, to, uh, to our veterans. Uh, um, you know, I, I, I certainly urge them, even, even before we get a presentation on the network of care, that they can go to that, which is uh, www.networkofcare.org, network of care, one word www.networkofcare.org, and just see uh, the kinds of things that are there. Let, 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 let's stay connected with information, and uh, when you find out something good uh, and you think somebody else in the community uh, might be able to use it, pass that information on. Right. And, Bill, I want to thank you for uh, being on our show today. It was our pleasure. And, Linda? We want to thank Linda Crater for partnering with us to present these mini-series that help educate our listeners about the silent injuries. Be sure to visit VeteranCaregiver.com. And again, Linda, thank you for filling in as a co-host today. You're so very welcome. All right. Now, a special thanks to our listeners for making us the number one show on Voice America, now airing seven days a week. you have any last words, Linda? I just want to thank you for bringing the needs of the caregivers, their families, the children, all into this discussion because it is a, an area that is only beginning to be discussed and the resources and needs are great. So we thank all of our listeners and wish them blessings going forward. All right. Well, thank you, Linda and Bill. This is Gary Ray and Linda Crater signing off and thanks for listening and be sure to tune in again next Tuesday for another American Hero Story. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. 
Please join Gary Ray and Ted Griffin Jr. again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 